Hi, I'm Yola. Welcome to Brand Stories Podcast. This is where I get to the bottom of what exactly is a brand story, how it works, how to work with it, and how it connects with people. My guests are expert brand storytellers, from brand consultants to marketing strategists, art directors, and business owners. So, if you've ever struggled to get your marketing message right, if you found it tricky to capture the personality of your product, or wondered why you trust one brand more than the other, then stick with us. Today we meet Nick Jackson, Managing Director at Springits, one of London's most successful brand consultancies. This award-winning design agency has over 40 years' experience in creating and growing brands. And they call this brand love. Nick, welcome. Thank you for meeting me here on Zoom. Let's dive straight in and start with a big question. What is a brand story? A good question, Yola. Um, um, it's important to, to, to have an understanding of a brand story means to you and means to people. To me, well, I always think a good story creates images in people's minds. It kind of stimulates the imagination. And actually, a brand is exactly the same. Brands exist as an image in people's minds, and the more desirable it is, the better. Uh, I mean, to do this, the brand needs a promise, needs its own story, and it needs to be well told through the product, its packaging and its advertising, even where it's sold and the, and the kind of company it keeps. All of these things influence our perception of a brand. A brand story draws on a set of beliefs the brand holds true, its principles or values, its heritage and history, you know, how it's made, its purpose. Um, and so a brand story's got to fight for attention in a very, very busy world. And most of the time it has to be very short and very quick, a headline really. Um, and packaging is a great example where a brand story must be captured in a, in a headline because people, when they're in stores or they're online, they're making purchase decisions in fractions of seconds. And they're using their instinctive and the emotional part of their brain to make those decisions. Um, we're a lot less logical than we might think, and very few of our daily decisions are made rationally. So, so brands that reach out to people with a story that's distinctive and engaging um, will engage to their gut reaction. So that's kind of what I think a brand story is. Is there one particular product you've worked with where you feel that's really manifested itself? Well, I love the happy egg story. It's a great story in itself of successful brand creation. Um, but, and, and we were asked by Noble Foods to create an egg brand for them. Um, and at the time, the egg category was a kind of was a very gray green world belonging to a label mainly. If you go into the supermarkets, it would just have, you know, the, the Sainsbury's eggs or the Tesco eggs. And pretty much that's what it was. It was a bit rational, dull. And in fact, uh, you know, also at the time being undermined by salmonella worries and, and people like uh, uh, Jamie and Hugh kind of exposing poor husbandry with, with some of their flammable documentaries and stuff. So it, it wasn't really a, a, a category in a, in a, a, that anyone was getting particularly excited about. Um, and so what we did is we, we, we explored all sorts of alternative positionings for a brand. That's simply 
um, a, a way that a brand um, differentiates itself in a meaningful way so that it can you know, stand out and be more relevant and more appealing to, to potential buyers. Um, but it has to be built on something. And so we, we thought, could we build it on the breed of the hen or the feed that they were given or the, or the, or the provenance and, and all sorts of other areas that we explored like that. What we found was that the key insight was found in welfare, that people want to do their bit, but ultimately it's, it's all a bit too hard. And, 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 and I think that speaks for a lot of people um, who are, you know, probably the silent majority um, who sit in the middle of the people who are absolutely passionate about, about um, the environment and sustainability. And there are more of those, thank goodness. But also at the other end, you've got the people who don't really care. And fortunately, um, they're probably declining. Um, but most people want their, they want tasty eggs for their families. Um, and, 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 and brands can also help by, by doing their bit for them. We, we, we kind of coined this phrase, altruism by proxy, which sort of means I feel better about buying that brand because by buying it, I'm helping to do my bit for the animals or for the environment and, it, and you can't and, and, and quite rightly so because it is based on a on, on some, something that's happened that is actually happening uh, and, and being positive um, but the real magic was that what we found is that looking after the what is what looking after the hens could do um, not just as an end in itself um, what we promised was better tasting egg so if I look after the hen then the egg that the hen lays is going to taste better. Win-win. The happiest hens lay the tastiest eggs. And we brought this idea to life in the name, in the, in the name of the brand, the Happy Egg Company, or the Happy Egg Co. And the bright yolk-like tastiness of the yellow box and a characterful hen personality uh, called, of course, Frida Rome. Uh, the story was based on truth. It had to be. And the Happy Egg Farms had to be created with higher welfare standards than any other free-range eggs. Low density, large outside spaces, trees, beehives, even music, you name it. Um, and so Happy Eggs, um, when it, after it launched, which was very quickly because it, it, it got 80% distribution in just four months, which is pretty phenomenal. And the great thing was Happy Eggs got people into free-range eggs. The brand helped transform the category away from non-free-range eggs, which was a good thing. In the end, I think yes, a good story of how a brand can a brand of how a brand story can work really well. I'm really interested in the way that Spring It's had um, such an important role in developing the story in um, in bringing it to life, because quite often people think, well, I'm going to a branding agency; they're just going to make me some nice packaging. They don't realise that you can actually work with the marketing team, the manufacturing team, and together build a story. Well, I, I think that's really, really, that's a good point. And I, and I think it's really useful because um, what you get when you put um, the, the, a marketing team uh, and, and a client team is often goes beyond marketing. And, and, and we, we have sessions and workshops with people who are, who are in the, the technical side and, and the manufacturing and sales and all sorts, because you get, you get those, you know, the, the, the different aspects. So, so the stakeholders can come from a number of directions and you put that together with people who, 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 who have a different way of thinking and, and have a, a sort of 
creative side to them. That's why they're, they're doing what they're doing. Um, and, and you start to, um, uh, you, you start to spark off each other. And I think you end up getting to, getting, getting to a better place because you're, you're inspiring each other. You're, you, you, you keep to a focus. Everyone knows what, where you've got to get to in the end. There's an end goal, but I think as a, as a team, it makes it a much richer, um, place to, to, you know, to work with it. So that's why we do what we do. And, and, um, and, and, it, and that's a great example of it working really well. Again, the story works for the customer because they hear the story, they see the visual representation, which is mm -hmm. the packaging, and then they yeah, feel they want yeah. to buy the product. They want to be part of that story. Yeah. And the, 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 um, the happy, you know, happy exit does generate a great deal of kind of emotional enthusiasm, I think. We call it brand love. What you want to get to is where a situation where people love your brand. They don't just kind of accept it or know it. Um, and that kind of um, connection that uh, that creates loyalty, and um, you know, it's a strength of it's basically a strength of feeling. If if the brand exists in your head, then it's how strong is that feeling that you have for it in a positive way. And I know that you know it conjures up some great great pictures in people's imagination. They they tend to when you ask people, which we have in research, you know, what comes to mind when they think of happy eggs, they tend to cite Babe the movie, which is. You know, very idyllic uh, of a of a of a world that doesn't actually exist, but they imagine it would be lovely if it did, um, and and that's a great place to be for a brand. Happy Eggs was, uh, you know, it's a really interesting example of building a story. But where where do stories come from? Ooh, that's okay. That's a good question, uh, and it 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 makes me think of um, a brand that we worked um, worked on called Monty Bojangles. Uh, now. Monty Bojangles, if you don't know them, you should, because they're fabulously tasty chocolate truffles. Um, and if you buy some, I'm afraid you will be hooked because they are so Moorish. Did they have a story? No. What they had when they, when they came to talk to us was a, was a box with a not very good picture of the chocolates and the name Monty Bojangles on it. Um, the brand was about to be delisted from its main customer, Waitrose, and it only sold on deal from the checkout at TK Maxx, you know? So it wasn't in a good place. And, and what we did is we, we, we dug into the background and we discovered that Monty had, um, uh, was, was the family cat um, and they, that he'd been given the, uh, the honor of having the brand named after him. And he, like most cats, lived his own life of adventures. And so what we did is we built the brand on the personality of Monty Bojangles. This, this curious cat seeking out taste adventures. Um, and, we, and we brought this, this story to life with the Victorian etchings and botanical drawings, hand, kind of hand-painted illustrations and eccentric product descriptions like chalky scoffy and flutter scotch and scrumple nutty, and a kind of colorful brand narrative too. So we, we gave this, this name uh, a personality. Um, and that personality was brought to life on, on, on the pack and, and, of course, online and then you know, all the activity and the, 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 whatever, you know, the, the social media that Monty Bojangles is, 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 um, is visible on. Um, so, so I guess what we did is we built that brand story around Monty Bojangles and, and that's created its distinctiveness and its persona and it, it stands out, in, you know, stands out hugely in store against the rather posh and austere quality 
ranges of chocolates that you get with their gold embossing and their all that sort of slight pompousness and where Monty Bojangles is just a, a, a bit more playful and you know isn't taking itself too seriously but I have to say you do take their chocolate seriously and so now you know now it's sold in most retailers it's got record sales and I'm definitely addicted to them they're you know they're kind of a perfect thing after a supper with friends they're that little sweet treat to finish a good meal and and um it's kind of fun and refreshing to see the, the story as it's around you when you when you buy them and you take them home. It's interesting that um, the stories actually allowed the chocolate to become a gift for people. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. They, I think, they nailed. You know, get, getting you know getting a brand right isn't just um, uh, you know about about its uh, communications about everything, isn't it? It's about having a fabulous product. Um, it's, it's about being in the right place and being at the right price. I think um, they they really s- scored when when they uh, launched in the kind of four pound boxes, which were there competing with the the larger and posher, as I said, chocolates. Um, even even the the, the, the unlabeled ones at, at, at the kind of ten eleven pound price points. And what Monty had was a was a perfect solution. You know, it's understanding. You know, it's about understanding. You know what the consumer problem is you're solving. What is that? What is that insight? Is there an opportunity for a brand to to, um, to capitalise on on that consumer thinking or that behaviour? And most people, most people these days, not most people, a lot of people these days, you know, love to have the the, the, the slightly you know um, supper with friends, bring around a bottle of wine and whatnot. What Monty Bojangles became was the was the perfect addition to that bottom of bottle of wine that allowed you to. To, to go to go along and, and and at the end of the meal no you know you know what it's like you have dinner it's like a one pot dish everyone's you know having a drink and tucking into whatever it is and um, and at the end of the meal you just want a sort of slight you know sweet something not not too much um, and and Monty was there with his little bottle of del- box of delicious chocolates um, perfect perfect end to the you know perfect way to end a meal so previously um you'd be a bit embarrassed to, to bring that to the table, say, look, you know, best kept secret, they're really delicious. But you were a bit embarrassed because it just didn't look the part. Yeah, it wasn't a box of chocolates that looked like it belonged anywhere. It was, uh, you know, it, it was just plain Jane, really. And, and the, the, the joyful um, Monty Bojangles just has a, is a, is a, is a, it's simple. It's not pretending to be anything. It isn't, or any of that. It's just, it's just a very fresh um, thing to have to have around. And so, it's you know, it's it's kind of it's a little light little bit. Of, it's a light touch. Yeah. Multi Bojangles is absolutely, um, you know, it's a perfect example of you pulling out a story that was there but nobody actually noticed. Um, and Happy Eggs is something that a brand new story that you've created. That, that really resonates with people. Um, how about a brand that's got a heritage story that we all know? How do you approach that in the design and, and pushing the brand forward, refreshing it? I don't know whether I'd describe this as a, as, as a heritage brand, but there's no doubt about it. Weetabix is a national treasure. I mean, it is a brand with a, with a terrific story. It goes back to 1932. Um, it's still the nation's favorite cereal giving people the energy they need every morning to face their day. Um, so, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, um, 
you know, fabulous stuff. It's all natural with the wheat from farms that are all just 50 miles away from the factory, which is in itself is in the middle of England where Weetabix has always been made. Um, and it's all contained in that kind of unique lodging shaped biscuit that the brand is, is clearly famous for. And, and that over time, that biscuit shape has become synonymous with Weetabix and, 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 and you've seen it in, in you, everyone's seen it in the advertising campaigns for years and years. And, and also, you know, in the, in the, in the rituals and, and, and goodness knows what of the way people eat them at their breakfast table every morning. And we've all got a story to tell about, you know, how we eat our Weetabix. Um, and it's always got to be different from everyone else's. So that, that's why we, we put that, that biscuit central, loud and proud on, on every box, because we know that uh, when that just needs to be seen for a flicker of a second in people's eyes and, the, and they will recognize that, that brand and then the, the, the emotions that it stirs up and the feelings and the knowledge about it will, 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 will come to the fore in their, in their minds. That's what you're doing, you're bringing, bringing up those memories that have, that, that, that are already in there in the brain. We've just got to awaken them. Um, and, a, and, a, and a Weetabix biscuit, you know, it contains what you need to nourish you and give you the, that, well, that what you might call a, a kind of Weetabix advantage. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a story that's told in the, in a, in, the, in their long running advertising campaign where, where, you know, the, the personal, the people who've had their Weetabix overcome their adversary, you know, whether it's the Royalist soldiers over the parliamentary, parliamentarian soldiers or who, who actually run away or the giant fleeing from Jack who's just finished his Weetabix. I mean, it's, you know, that story is captured in their line, have you had yours? And so every time you hear, have you had yours, you think about Weetabix and, oh my goodness, I really, I really ought to because I want to be, you know, fit and ready to fight the day. So it's 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 those simple, um, but but engaging triggers that just kind of keep, you know, sowing the seeds and reminding people what a great thing Weetabix is. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's 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 a good good example of a of a brand that's 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 been consistent over the years and built uh, you know a, a love for it in, in in amongst the nation you know in the end I, I think it's true to say that behind every successful brand is is a good story that's well told you know, that's what you know, that's kind of what we try to do in our small way <laughs> I'm Yola and my guest today was Nick Jackson managing director at spring it the multi-award winning brand consultancy. Thank you for listening to Brand Stories, a podcast born in lockdown and recorded on Zoom. Make sure you go to the show notes where there'll be a link to my guest, as well as some of the items we've talked about. And do subscribe to Brand Stories wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to Brand Stories, a Salt and Pepper production.